Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. North America and all the ships at sea. My name is Philip Terzian, and I am the literary editor of the Weekly Standard, and this is my weekly podcast about the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard. And this week, I'm looking at the November 9th, 2015 issue, which begins with a, a review by Charlotte Allen, um, a frequent contributor to the magazine, um, uh, and a shrewd and uh, uh, amusing observer of the foibles of American society. This piece is a review of a book uh, by a woman called Courtney Jung. I say Jung, maybe she pronounces her name Jung. It's spelled like the Swiss psychiatrist. Uh, from Basic Books, and it's called Lactivism, How Feminists and Fundamentalists, Hippies and Yuppies, and Physicians and Politicians Made Breastfeeding, Big Business, and Bad Policy. I think anyone who's uh, been a parent in the last 30 or 40 years is aware of what we might call the politicization of breastfeeding. It's become a kind of uh, cult, which I think began in reaction to, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, in reaction to um, uh, formula feeding and so on, and uh, with the help of various organizations and other things has become a kind of... um, test of one's uh, uh, not only uh, granola status, but one's uh, humanity to some degree. And um, it has now spread from uh, various organizations and writers and and groups to uh, a sort of doctrine in hospital policies and among some uh, physicians and others. And it's sort of gotten... Um, uh, become something of a monster and something of an overbearing uh, element uh, in as much as we know that not all women can successfully breastfeed and there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, many human beings um, have been uh, raised on formula and somehow managed to lead healthy, uh, normal lives. I mean, it is believed, and it is probably true, that breast milk is the best thing you can give a baby, but it's not always possible to provide it. And uh, uh, the whole question has become uh, resoundingly politicized, and especially the question of where, how, when, and under what circumstances women can breastfeed in public and so on. And the author of the book, who's, who breastfed her own children, uh, regards this all with a kind of uh, an interesting, objective horror. And Charlotte Allen, in her patented way, uh, sums it up in very, very succinct and amusing fashion. I think you'll enjoy reading the piece. That is followed uh, by an essay by Sarah Lodge, uh, who teaches at the University of St. Andrews in Scotland and frequently writes about literature and other things for these pages. Um, and who's a very lucid and enjoyable writer on on um, on particularly English literature. This is a book from Yale University Press entitled Those Who Write for Immortality, Romantic Reputations, and the Dream of Lasting Fame uh, by H.J. Jackson. Romantic here doesn't, it means the Romantic era, the late 18th, early 19th century. Uh, that is Romantic with a capital R. And the author takes several cases uh, and starts, Sarah Lodge starts with two 
uh, women novelists of the early 19th century, Mary Brunton and Jane Austen. Well, in the year 1811, um, of the two, Mary Brunton was was very widely known, widely read, and was uh, something of a best-selling author, much respected among her uh, among literary observers of the day. And Jane Austen, by contrast, was scarcely known outside her own family circle. Well, fast forward a century or two, and the circumstances are exactly reversed. Jane Austen is now a um, uh, uh, probably one of the best-known writers in English, certainly one of the most popular. And Mary Brunton is is almost completely anonymous at this point. How that happens, uh, how writers uh, ponder their immortality as writers, is the subject of the essay, subject of the book, and uh, I think you'll enjoy Sarah Lodge's uh, treatment of it um, immensely. Jonathan Marks, who teaches politics at Ursinus College in Pennsylvania, um, reviews a book entitled University Reform, the Founding of the American Association of University Professors by a man named Hans-Jörg Tiede, uh, published by Johns Hopkins Press. Um, this is, a, this is a, one might say, an early history of the AAUP, um, but Jonathan Marks... Um, uh, essentially addresses the question of what exactly does the American Association of University Professors, which is basically the trade union for college professors, um, what does it do uh, for professors? What does it do for higher education? What does it do for students? Um, and does it do what it does on the basis of principle or politics? Uh, which is an interesting question. I mean, if, as Jonathan Mark says, if his if his job were threatened because he'd written a review in the Weekly Standard, the AAUP would stand up for him. Uh, but if he did other things, um, it might not, um, related to academic freedom and political correctness and so on. So it's an interesting examination of the state of affairs on in our colleges and universities, which, as any uh, reader of the Weekly Standard knows is is in a, a very interesting phase in its history at the moment. That is followed by a piece by Paul Cantor, uh, who is a professor of English at the University of Virginia, a very wise and witty writer, and among other things, a scholar of classical music. But he's looking um, at a man whose name you may not know, Andres Nelsons, um, who is a growing and uh, astonishing uh, brand, as they say, in classical music these days. Nelson's is a Latvian and started out as a trumpeter in the Latvian National Opera Orchestra. Well, he is now the uh, um, music director of the Boston Symphony in the United States and was recently named the uh, principal conductor of the Leipzig Gewandhaus. So he has two of the most prestigious posts uh, in uh, for conductors in the classical world, and he has he has become a formidable presence in the recording studio and elsewhere. There's, um, I I call the uh, I call the piece Maestro Meteor since his rise has been um, very rapid and very impressive. Um, but Andres Nelsons is. Um, uh, uh, a name, obviously, to contend with at the moment in classical 
music, and Paul Cantor very helpfully also provides us with a guide to where you can hear him either uh, on regular broadcasts or <clears throat> in recordings. John Podhoritz this this week has an interesting essay. It's not a review of a movie, um, but it's called A Critic's Confession, um, and it's a little bit about um, uh, it's his reaction to some degree um, to what people expect of him as a as a critic, he begins with these words, You readers flatter me. You send me emails and letters asking me to review certain movies you've seen because you want to know what I have to say about them. At times, these missives make me feel guilty because I know I'm going to let you down. Because it's often the case that you want to hear my views on a movie I have simply decided I cannot bear to see. Consider this a critic's confession. Anyway, he talks a little bit about the, the varying nature of film, and there are certain categories of film which he just um, doesn't, quite apart from the fact that there are a lot of movies, if you, if you go to enough and for long enough, you, you begin to recognize the formulas and the, uh, the genres and, and can, without trying very hard, know exactly what's going to happen next and how the whole thing is going to end up. But on the other hand, there are other categories of film that uh, after a lifetime of movie viewing... Um, John has decided he just can't he can't bring himself to uh, to watch, including um, I might add um, uh, to some degree some categories of political movies, which often would benefit from having somebody like John um, eviscerate them or at least analyze them with some historic perspective. But he he himself um, would prefer to leave that. To others, and uh, to some degree, I can understand why. But as always with John, I think you will simply enjoy reading what he has to say on the general subject. And that is the books and arts section of the Weekly Standard for the for November 9th. I thank you very much for joining me for these few moments, and I look forward to joining you next week for next week's issue.